Lisa Denae Live starts now, only on Stunner Radio, the heart and soul of the culture. Hey, 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 it's your girl, Lisa Denae, and we are here on Stunner Radio. It is May 15th. Wow. It's May 15th. I still can't believe we're halfway through the month of May, but uh, we are. We are here halfway through the month of May. And I just want to ask the people that follow Stunner Radio, the people that follow me, do you know what today is? <laughs> it's our anniversary. Yes! <laughs> we have been in business for one year, y'all. It's our one year anniversary, and it went by so fast. It I can't did. believe it did. And I will say this also because I keep it real. If you would have told me last year we would have been on our own spot, I would have said, No, we just got started. No, we can't be in our own spot. But here we are in our own spot, and it's a beautiful thing. So I am so happy and excited for our one year anniversary. I have to thank all of the subscribers and people that listen to us. We just added a new country this week, Germany. I don't know if y'all know what we're saying over there in Germany, but hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey. Hey. And shout out to the Philippines. Y'all ride with us hard. I don't know if y'all know what we're saying either, but holla at your girl, you know. Any way you can, just holla. Let us know that you're out there. So it's a really great show today. We have a very special guest with us, Captain Khalid Green. It's Khalid or Khaled? Khalid. I know people be like, Khaled. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome so much to the show. I'm so happy uh, to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Been in the business um, 21 years now. Uh, Doing emergency response. Really got started, uh, introduced to the whole concept of emergency response. uh, doing service in the Navy. From that point, uh, after that, uh, the biggest thing, the um, first shot in the Navy was probably Hurricane Katrina was when I really got introduced. Oh, wow. We were heavy into, uh, into doing things with emergency response. From that point, um, ended in um, still doing it, still doing it strong. That's a hell of an introduction. Yes. Hurricane <laughs> Katrina. Oh, wow. So when you got introduced in such a way, um, you had any second thoughts, or did you feel like, yes, this is for me? Uh, of course, I had second thoughts. Uh, initially, um, I was very nervous from that level of impact. Uh, yeah. that, that was our first major uh, operation. We had small things before then, but that was the biggest one uh, to start. Um, but uh, through proper training and, and uh, methods and techniques, you know, everything turned out to be. Uh, okay, as far as us uh, being prepared for what we needed to, uh, to do. Uh, a lot of lessons learned um, after action events and, you know, planning, reprogramming. Um, yeah. Just things changed after that. So then from that standpoint, it really opened my eyes and as far as emergency response when it comes to local level as well as yeah. going on statewide and nationwide. I often think of people in these types of professions because everything changes after a major event, like you said. Mm-hmm. So after 9-11, everything changed. Yes. Then after did. Katrina, everything changed. Right. And then now we know after COVID, everything has changed again. Right. So how do you how do you respond to emergencies and stay safe in a COVID era? Well, that's, that's what goes into your uh, PPE, your personal protection equipment and, and things of that nature. Ironically, we received uh, training on uh, mass infections, pandemic and stuff like that, long before we had ever thought wow. that something like uh, COVID was going to actually take place. Um, so we dealt with it real heavy. Uh, initially, uh, when everyone, when COVID first hit, uh, first became widespread. Uh, it went into a lot of panic mode. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the opportunity to kind of slow down and say, okay, remember the training. Remember things that we had looked about, uh, taught about, and things that we had instructed others about. So uh, simply by using the gloves, using the mask, uh, staying clean, being diligent about being clean, making mm-hmm. sure when you first come in the house from at work, you're shedding those clothes at the door and you know not bringing things in, into the house. So a lot of little techniques that we uh, that we employed really 
really helped out a lot. So, because um, people don't understand contagious things the way they should. And a simple way to, if you ever want to teach yourself or friends or children how to deal the way um, uh, contagious things spread, mm -hmm. use glitter. Have them put their mm -hmm. hands in glitter. <laughs> and then, tell me twice. And watch and see where glitter ends up. And then yes. say the glitters and the germs. So wherever you find glitter, that's where the germs will actually be. And it'll be everywhere. And, oh, it will be everywhere. Yeah. That is like... We know so much about oh, glitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's not going to leave till they want to leave. No, <laughs> it will not. It's so funny because I do a lot of glitter, mm -hmm. lipstick, glitter, eyeshadow, whatever. And I've had people on the show like, my wife is trying to figure out how I got glitter. And, and <laughs> my arm one hug. Like, I don't know. I just, yes, just one hug. That's all it takes. And I know, I know that for a fact. Yes, so that is a good example. Yes. Because you think you're interacting with somebody and they got the glitter on their lips. And you feel like, well, look, if I didn't kiss her, so I know glitter going to yeah. get on me. But then we notice that people do leave here with glitter sometimes. In the mustache, on the beard, everywhere. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and so that is a very good example because, you know, I don't think we do realize that's how contagious diseases spread. Mm -hmm. We don't. We feel like somebody got to be all in our face and right. we got to be all interacting with them. And that's why I feel like people did panic because we don't know. We have never experienced anything like this. Right. So I, I can imagine that people went into a panic. So, do you feel like it's getting a little easier as far as dealing with people with the pandemic? Do you feel like people are, you know, loosening up a little bit? Yes, people are loosening up uh, a lot, especially here in Texas and um, Mississippi when their the states are open. Um, I do have concerns because some of it goes against some of the training and stuff that, that mm. we receive. We're like, okay, mm -hmm. we're opening up to do business as usual, but we haven't put all the measures in place. So mm -hmm. it, it just makes you wonder sometimes, um, those in a higher pay, higher pay grade than me, is, you know, okay, what are you planning? You know, what's what's the second part right. you know, to this thing? So um, I would say still remain cautious, still remain diligent in doing the things that you've been doing thus far. To make sure you and your family are safe. That's that's gonna be paramount. Absolutely. And I have been encouraging you guys, get the vaccine. Get it. I, I just encourage everybody to get it. Because if y'all get it, I don't have to get it. So y'all, everybody go get it. Okay. This is how we establish herd immunity. Right? I, I, I don't necessarily um think that that's the case. I think that it's kind of a little bit opposite because there are so many people that are getting it and they, oh, I'm safe, I'm vaccinated, but you can still get it and you can still spread it. And it's not supposed to hit your system. It's hard. Mm -hmm. so you can still mm -hmm. spread it after you're vaccinated? Absolutely. You can still get it and still spread it. Absolutely. And you're saying, I'm safe, hug me. No. So what's the point of the vaccination? See, no. I'm not sacrificing my arm. Now, for me, I'm, um, this not, I'm not a subject matter expert in mm -hmm. uh, contagious diseases or um, uh, pandemics. That's not my subject matter area, but um, the things I've learned since COVID and a little bit before then, yes, you are still able to still get the disease, be wow. sick, in spite of you having uh, any of the, the, the vaccine. So you still have to remain diligent and wearing the mask, wearing the gloves, staying clean, and, and, and things of that nature. Ironically, a lot of it goes to we're just uh, we're just not as clean as we think yes, we that think. we are. That is yes. so real. And that's true. That's that's where the problem comes yes. in because we just we just we think it's it's enough. I went to the restroom and washed my hands, and then you came out and you started doing things. But then you touched the doorknob. After you touched the doorknob, you wipe your eyes. Okay, you're infected. Okay, you know it's little things like that that we just didn't. Mm -hmm. We just don't take into consideration on a on a daily basis. Uh, a few weeks ago, well, actually, um, it was brought to my attention uh, again uh, how we how pink eye is spread, and I remember you know reading the protocols and stuff on it. But then it was like you know all of this stuff starts with somebody not washing their hands, mm -hmm. and I was like, wait, 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 let's back up. So then they re we did a review. And I was just sitting there shaking my head. It's like this makes so much more sense now mm -hmm. in the middle of COVID yes. than before because somebody didn't wash their hands after using the restroom, and then it just 
had a domino effect to where now it's infecting the eyes and then now you can infect someone else. It's like, wow, just being clean. Just being clean. You know, that that what you're saying is so real because I've always had OCD when it comes to stuff like that and real anxiety. Not like, oh, just wash it. No, real anxiety. So when COVID came about, I was kind of happy because I want people to wash their hands more. Right. I want people to watch. I've always had an issue with when I go to a restaurant or whatever and the server is holding my food talking. I would always <laughs> be like, put my food down first and then we can discuss, you know, because you're holding my food and you talking. People blowing out candles on birthdays. It used to freak me out because I'm like, and it's like now people think about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I thought about it before because I could not go to places like Subway. I would be like really watching them. Don't talk while you're making my sandwich. <laughs> you know? And if they handle cash, you didn't change your gloves. And my son would be like, Mom, you're a problem. But when COVID came about, now everybody knows we should have all been that way. Right. Because if people are handling your food, and they're talking to so many different customers. You don't, you don't need that. Just focus on my food. So I was very happy. <laughs> Not because, of, you know, I'm sad that for the lives that have been lost to COVID. But I was happy that people are learning. Awareness. How we really should be yeah. anyway. You know, awareness, like you said. And six feet of space, <laughs> you know. Some some people culturally be very close to you. Yes, they know what I mean here in Texas. Today I had that issue. You know, I was trying to get into my storage, and people just kept standing close to me, and I was like, "Can you back up, please?" Can you, like, can you? And I'm not, I'm not like overly fearful or anything like that. However, I am more vigilant. Yeah, you know, in in light of the situation, yes. and that's what I'm concerned as you are about everything opening back up. I'm not concerned saying, "Oh, we should be shut down and locked down," but why would we start? Why would we go back to what we were when we saw how we were affected? Right. We should go back differently. Right. right, we should go back better and more cautious. Right. Yeah. I think, though, that as Americans, you know, um, from the rest of the world, looking at Americans, they see us for what we are. And we are right now people. We don't ever look at the big pictures. We're worried about right now. So now people are worried about their summer vacation. And you're worried about summer vacation and you should be worried about next year. Can I make it to next right. year? You know, you should be looking at the big picture. But that's how we are as Americans. We live for the moment. So unfortunately, it has hit us hard. Yes. Um, because of that. So before we go to our first break, I do want to talk about two things. One, yeah. I want you to tell us, our listeners, we already heard this story, okay? But I want you to tell them uh, because I think this speaks to your character as as a you know uh, emergency response officer. Is that what it's yes. called? Uh -huh. Tell us what happened on your way to the studio today. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I just want you to tell our <laughs> listeners. Okay, on my way in here, um, I was driving down the freeway, and then there was a, a little small red car, four-door car, Toyota Corolla, was um, was in the middle lane, and the car was stopped, and traffic was backed up, and it was two tow trucks behind him. So by the time I got next to him, he started driving. Uh, about 50 feet down the road, um, smoke was coming underneath the car, so I just assumed it was in the exhaust. And then I saw flames, wow. so then I pulled next to him. And was flagging them down and of course you know the way some people drive they look straight ahead mm -hmm. not to see going beside him so i was flagging him down to get him to understand where he kept driving so i had to pull in front of him and slow down so that he would you know realize something was wrong then i pulled next to him again and was like hey the entire underside of your car is on fire man and then he was like really and he pulled over and then the, the under the undercarriage of the car was was smoking, and the two tow trucks, and then came on up behind him. Wow! But uh, so I didn't have any idea of what was going on, but I didn't want to pass up the opportunity to make sure somebody was safe. Yeah, because that can go out of control fast. Yes. you know. Now, ironically, um, I don't. What happens in the movies doesn't normally happen in real life. I say that because a lot of times we think, oh, the car is going to explode. Yes, that's what I think. No. That's exactly what I think. More like it's, it's going to accelerate. It's going to burn really fast. Okay. But, you know, the whole boom, it, nah, it's not. Yeah, we think as soon as it gets <laughs> yeah. to the gas line, boom. Yeah, boom. Yeah. Boom. yeah, well, TV. Yeah. It's yeah. ruined us. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you think about it, if your car would explode that easily, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be driving. That's facts. That's true. 
So uh, one more thing I want to talk about before to go to break is how I met you. Okay. If you don't mind, we can talk about that. Yes. So let me just say this. I have a lot of Facebook friends that I've never met that I don't know. You know, we're just Facebook friends. So I was having a really bad day and I posted something on Facebook about I need a man of my life because I don't know nothing about cars. Oh, and people came for your girl. They came for me in the comments, in my inbox. It was all these people. Y'all need no man. And I was just so surprised. And so he commented on the post saying, it's totally understandable that you would want somebody to help you. And it just changed my whole mood, changed my whole day. Because everybody was coming down on me because I was admitting that I needed the input of a man in my life. Isn't that weird? It is weird. It's weird. But, it's like, but it's it's starting to be that way. You know, in society, people are caring less about each other. People are caring, being less considerate of each other's feelings these days. And to have that one person to be considerate, it can it can absolutely turn your whole day around. It did turn my, my day around because I felt like somebody understands what I'm going through. I'm not just venting. Because, you know, for me to talk about personal stuff on Facebook, I got to be in the mood. I don't do that. Right. I just talk about business. But... I was in a mood because I had lost money behind my car. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know nothing about cars, but people were telling me, you need to learn. You don't need a man. You need to learn. So now I got to go to school to learn about cars. Or I got to go to the University of YouTube to learn about cars. <laughs> Why? When it's me and I, you already know. Insert Captain Green. <laughs> <laughs> so he was so helpful to me that day. And I just felt like. You never know who you're connected to right. on Facebook. You never know. So that's when social media works. So I just wanted to share that story because I felt like it was really amazing how you stepped up and, you know, just was able to calm me down because I was ready to go to the left. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was ready to go first home. Of all. <laughs> and throw a temper tantrum and be the first black Karen. <laughs> But no, you calmed me down and, and, and it helped me to understand that it was okay to admit that you need help. Right. You know, that's something that I feel like black people, especially black women, we struggle with admitting that we need help. We want to say, oh, I can do it all. I can be mama and daddy. I can raise these kids and I can own a business and I can work a nine to five. But in reality, we are still one person and we're still human. So I just felt you know, so glad that you stepped in and you made a comment because so many people made me feel so bad. Like I needing help was like the worst thing ever. You know, you should be able to do it all. So I just want to encourage people out there. We are all human. Right. If you ever find a way to do it all, holler at your girl. Okay, mm -hmm. let me know outside of cloning yourself. Let me know how you could do it all as one person. Well, I guess Oprah can do it all. I'm sure Oprah has a chef and, and, and everything. everything yes. <laughs> so, yes, this is true. So it is a little different. It is. <laughs> Nobody can do all of those things. And it's ridiculous that we expect that out of other people, but not ourselves. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. So I'm at the point where I'm not trying to do it all, even if I can. So, you know, when I was young, I was foolish. I used to move furniture, do all kinds of stuff. Now that I'm old, I realize uh, I should have <laughs> never been doing that. <laughs> I should have always been calling on somebody, man. Man, I outsource <laughs> as much as possible. I don't think I'll ever do laundry again. Lupita? <laughs> Girl, I felt that when you said that. Lupita? Look, she didn't folded my clothes. And she folded them so well. I will never, I don't. I don't think I'll ever do laundry again. OMG. Lisa is spoiled, y'all. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of our special guest, Captain Khalid Green. Hey, it's your girl, Lisa Denae, and I want to tell you about a product that has changed my life, Rain Premium Sanitary Napkins. Rain products are infused with a Nobel Prize-winning material called graphene. It's the graphene strip that provides the various health benefits that can improve your quality of life during that time of the month. Listen, I've been very loyal to a certain brand of feminine products, but I've never experienced the results I get with Rain products. The difference is in the graphene strip. Using Rain products has totally eliminated the painful cramps I experience, and it can also 
help balance your body's pH, eliminate harmful bacteria, and help fight fatigue. Graphene moves heat away from your core to keep you cool and comfortable. Ladies, it's time to upgrade your feminine care with products that not only offer protection, but also improve your health and wellness. Place your order today and receive your premium sanitary napkins delivered directly to your door. Visit www.drfcare.com to make your purchase today. And don't forget to mention that your girl Lisa Denae and Stunner Radio sent you. This show was sponsored in part by Flat Fee Tax Prep and Services, offering quality tax preparation, serving clients nationwide. For more information, visit www.flatfeecreditandtax.com. And don't forget to mention Stunner Radio sent you. All right, we are back, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. We have a very special guest with us today. It's your girl, Lisa Denae, and my special guest co-host, Lisa the Boss Lady. And we are here talking to emergency response officer, Mm -hmm. Captain Khalid Green. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when people is official... I want to make sure I get it right, okay? (laughs) I want to make sure I get it right. So I wanted to have you on the show for a number of reasons because I just feel like you're you're very wise, knowledgeable about a variety of subjects. So I wanted to talk a little bit about race relations. Um, We, I don't know if you guys know, but um, there is a bill that is passing the Texas um, State Senate, I believe, uh, trying to get race teaching out of the classroom. Yes. So I forget what they call it, critical race theory or something like that. They're trying to get it out of the classroom because they don't want to teach children about the history of America and how our legal system has really been shaped by racism, our social systems. Everything about our country has been shaped by racism. So talk to us a little bit about how you see our race relations. Okay. First, you say I haven't I haven't read the bill. So um, I'm not from not familiar with it at all. Um, I will say that a lot of times when uh, politicians are attempting to get bills passed, it's something else that's attached to the bill. It's never mm. just just one thing. It may be um, mm-hmm. funds for the library and um, funds for uh, police improvement. You know, all of those things may be attached to the bill as well, right. and they may push to get those other things approved. And that one thing may be something that just may have been uh, the title mm-hmm. cause to raise everyone's attention. But as far as, uh, as as teaching history in school and in the classroom, I think that's that's very important that we uh, teach history from a perspective of the winner and the loser in the history. Because what has happened thus far, uh, the winner dictates how the future is spelled out and how the we look at the past. Right. And it has not always been that way for people of color. You know, the history that is the way it's taught has been the complete opposite as to what we actually face on a daily basis. Right. So when we look at America in general, when we look at our forefathers, you know, we see them as, as uh, heroes and we see them as heroines and sheroes and we see them doing these great things mm-hmm. to make America what it is. However, from the aspect of the indigenous Americans, it's not that way. You know, they, they, uh, their nations, their systems of government, their culture was basically demolished to build something else. So, yes, so from you get two different perspectives yeah. from one common history. Even here in Texas, if you ask people, uh, everyone to say, remember the Alamo. Mm-hmm. But then you start to do the due diligence in history, then you start to find out, wait a minute, the whole battle uh, behind the Alamo was a lot different than what we actually read about mm. and the way the history is spelled out you know according to what people teach us now about the alamo is not what took place right. you know within inside uh inside history i had the opportunity a couple of days ago to talk to my neighbor um and we were uh we were discussing uh, we were talking about the caribbean and I asked him, you know, had you ever heard of pirates? And he was like, yeah. I said, where, where did the pirates mostly operate? And he was like, well, I'm not sure. I said, they operated basically in the Caribbean. You know, Jamaica, Trinidad, Barbados, you know, St. Mm-hmm. Kitt, and, and places of that nature. And he was like, well, why? I said, well, you had tobacco, uh, sugar, and other things that were important commodities that were being exported mm-hmm. to the European countries. I said, but, I said, how do you think uh, they got those commodities to be um, 
put into a state that they can be used. Mm -hmm. He was like, he hadn't thought about it. I said, that's where they initially dropped off the slaves that they picked up from Africa. So, now when the pirates were operating, they weren't just going to get money. They were taking slave ships. Wow. They were taking the slaves. Wow. And then they were reselling them to other places in other countries and things like that. Now I said, now, when it became outlawed in, in, Texas, in, in the United States, there were certain coastal cities that still allowed this to take place. One of them hmm. is what we now call, it was an island at the time, but on this island, you can pretty much run the government the way you wanted to because it wasn't attached to Texas. That island is what we now call Galveston. So a lot wow. of the pirates that were in the Caribbean had homes that were in Galveston. Now, they would go to another city to party, but they lived in Galveston. The city where they were partying was New Orleans. The city wow. where they lived was Galveston. So right now, you have a Mardi Gras parade in Galveston, as well as you have a Mardi Gras parade that's in uh, New Orleans. So right. the cities share a lot of culture because they would just hop in the ship or boat and come wow. around on over. So a lot of the mansions from those pirates are still in existence in Galveston right now. Wow. And so they even have a museum that's dedicated to talk about the history of people of color being sold and traded off, you know, in Galveston. So much so that when the United States went to war, Galveston was like, well, we're not part of it. We're going to do what we want to do. That two years after slavery had been abolished in the United States, Galveston was still, Texas was still, you know, keeping on slavery, keep continuing slavery. So much yes. so that two years later, the whole Juneteenth was started because they had to come ashore in Galveston wow. and say, stop this, shut it down. So those little tidbits when it comes to race relations, you have to discuss in order, to put it, in order to put it all together. Because then if you don't know the history, then you don't even right. understand what you're, what you're fighting about. But right. I didn't know that. that. That's not even in school. Like what you, how you went into detail. Uh -huh. it, it's that's not even in school no. necessarily. That's something that I learned at home on my own. Actually, to be honest, right. I started kind of learning when I watched Twilight uh -huh. because part of it was in there. Okay, right. and and that's not something that's being taught now. So like they're gonna take it a step further and just completely just wipe everything out. Right. Well, I had never heard any of that until today. So yeah. I'm very, I mean, I knew about Juneteenth and I knew that people in Texas didn't know they was free because uh -huh. I joke about that a lot. <laughs> yes. I say, y'all been behind the times. <laughs> Sorry, Texans, but uh, we up north. Of course, I wasn't there yet, but we, we already knew what was going on. But the point I'm making is that I think you're right. If you don't know what happened in the past, you can't really understand what's right. what's happening right now, right. especially with the immigration crisis and people not understanding the land that is here in Texas and what it used to be. So you got these people coming over from Mexico because their their living conditions are not suitable. They're not adequate. But what did Texas used to be? It was Mexico. That. <laughs> so, I mean, when you understand that, you gain a greater understanding of these people. Because to me, if it was me, and I knew that as a Mexican person, I want to be over here too. Right. Because you, this used to be our land anyway. Right. So I want to ask you in, in regards to Gallison, do you see uh, what has happened in California and some of these other places as maybe it'll trickle down to Galveston as far as people being able to trace back ownership of this property to, to their ancestors? Well, yes, it's already taken place. And it's, and it's um, uh, Native Americans, um, Hispanic Americans, Mexican Americans as well as African Americans are all now tracing tracing their roots back. Um, That's and, and it's bigger than is is big. Yeah. Um, Houston is included. Have you ever been to the uh you ever been to the hanging tree in Houston? No, I have not. The tree where they actually used to hang people is still in existence. And what? In Did you know that? No. Right. Have you ever never did that. <laughs> Have you ever been to the Buffalo Soldiers Museum? Yes. Okay. So I then, love that place. So, I've been there. I learned a lot there. Okay. Did you did you know the building that is actually housed in was where they first uh, inducted a lot of uh, what they then called colored soldiers? That's wow. Where they inducted. Wow. Did you know about the Sixth Church of Colored Science that's in World no. War? Okay. That's, yeah. All of these. It's it's so many different places. Um, 
Color because science. What does that mean? That it was it was a uh, there was a lady, an African American lady, who decided that she couldn't go to the Church of Science. So she built her own. She built her own church. Okay. Brick building, still standing over a hundred years ago, with wow. an amphitheater in the middle of the church. Wow. So she did that with her money from her job, and she was putting her money away wow. and built the church. You ever heard of El Dorado Ballroom? Yes. Okay. Count Basie used to play there. So there's so many different yes. places in Texas wow. that we, through our servitude slavery, we were taught not to honor our ancestors, not yes. to honor our history. Right. So when something is old to us, we tear it down mm -hmm. and then the memory is lost. Right. Whereas other cultures, they preserve those memories so that they'll be able to continue on and bring their children back to see you know what actually took place absolutely you ever heard of freedman's town yes you've been there to touch the bricks no okay you got it, it makes no sense for you to be a person of color living in houston and you have not physically laid hands on the bricks that paved the only streets that were paid paved in houston by people of color i would love to do that i'm gonna have to put so, that on my calendar so when you when you're there and you touch the bricks the bricks are well over 100 years old wow. and you're in a community that was predominantly, you know, black. It was all black to a point where um, they wouldn't allow us to have our own police department or our own fire department for that matter. So the soldiers from Camp Logan, I know you heard of Camp Logan. I have not heard of Camp Logan. I've never heard of that. Okay. There was a massacre that took place around 19, uh, 1917. So I'm going to get the dates mixed up for any historians out there that are listening. But um, before 1920, there was a riot that started in downtown Houston, um, catacorned to Freedmanstown, wow. where there was a black lady who went to Camp Logan, which was a, a military camp, an army camp that was based in Houston, and told them that she was being harassed by some white men. And then the soldiers from the camp came into Houston, and they killed about 19 people. Just all, well, most, all of them were white, yeah. And they just went through with their military weapons and just killed them up. Wow. So which is why now, to this day, the Posse Comitatus Act will not allow active duty military to have live action weapons on United States soil unless you're in training purposes. Oh, that is wow. because that is because that started at Camp Logan. Now those soldiers that were there they were all shipped out to Arizona and from my record, all of them were executed, and this is what they don't talk about. They were all Buffalo soldiers. Wow. Yeah. So that was that's a part of our history. That's they were not executed. Yes. Wow. They were all hanged. So that's a part of our history that's not talked about. So when we start talking about law enforcement and the community, there's a divide that's there. That until that gap has been bridged, it's not going to get any better. It's been there for so it's long. It's been there for so hundreds of years. Wow, I think that is so. See what I mean? I told you I right. know a lot about a lot of stuff. Right. <laughs> but I love this because I, I I never knew any of that. I never heard of Camp Logan. But I think it's so uh, important, like you said, to to understand your history because even hearing that gives us a greater understanding of how much of a violation it was for what happened at our Capitol building. Right. Like all these type of things that happened in history give me an even more heightened sense of how out of line that was right. and how differently people are treated because I and believe we that. thought about that? No. Off with their heads. Absolutely. And I think that if we don't be vigilant, that's going to be a story in history that's going to be whitewashed. Yes. It's going to be told totally differently than, than how it happened. So I think that's why our voices are so important so that we can keep the truth alive, like you said. Right. But I really want to touch on what you said about other cultures with their history. Do you think it's because we as black people want to forget? We want to forget the pain. We want to forget everything we went through. Or we're ashamed of it. Why do you think it is? Well, we, we're taught that it's not relevant. Was taught that mm -hmm. that happened in the past, so so it's no big deal. So then, when you try to bring up, uh, when you try to bring up our our history, when you try to bring up our history, we don't get into um, in depth about our history because we simply don't don't know about it. So if someone says, um, 
where are your grandparents from? Then you're able to tell them. But then where are your great-grandparents from? Then now it starts to get cloudy. Where are your great-great-grandparents from? And then now it's, it's lost. And then so we lose a lot of the context yes. because we simply don't understand what was going on at the time. Like uh, like those of us who, who grew up in the North. Like I'm originally from New Jersey. Now, my ancestors are not from New Jersey, mm-hmm. but that's where my parents were, were living at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, my parents are from Alabama, Mississippi, and, uh, well, my parents are Alabama, Mississippi. So, now, how did they end up all the way in New York? How did they end up all the way in New Jersey? Well, I found out later on that there were certain railways that went from certain cities that had started in one city and stopped in another city. If you lived in Atlanta, the railway went from Atlanta to New York. If you lived oh, in Mississippi, okay. Okay. the railway went from Mississippi to Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. If you lived in Texas, Houston, okay. Houston around that, it went from Texas to California. So you wow. see a lot of you know people moving in between those cities like that and those areas. Now, understanding that, then now you ask the question, well, if, did my ancestors come from Mississippi? Well, yeah. Well, why did they leave Mississippi? Did they get in trouble? Did somebody try and kill them? Was it better opportunity? You know, what was it? What was the message that they said that was a little different than what actually happened and took mm-hmm. place? Mm-hmm. You find those things out, then now you understand, okay, this is how I need to see my past. And there's nothing wrong with our past. Sure, my ancestors were, were brought over here on the slave ship. Some of them probably came here on the same slave, slave ship. Some of them probably didn't. Because, I mean, looking at my ancestry, you know, as, as tons of people littered throughout the past. Some yeah. may be white, some may be, you know, whatever. I don't right. know until you start to put it all down, then you're able to find out who was what. But as a race of people and as a culture of people, we've gotten to a point where history is not as important. And we forget from one minute, you know, to the next. Yeah. Like this year. We're, it's 2021. In four years, we'll be up for another election. How many of us are going to remember that Pence was in office when all this stuff went on, when Pence runs again? Uh-huh. Are we going to remember? And the answer is more than likely we're going to forget. Most people will forget. Most people are going to forget. Because they're only concerned with the right now. So whatever the right story now. they present them at that time, when they're campaigning, that's what they're going to go with. That's what they're going to go with. And then when you bring it up, your pain, then it's going to tell you get over it. That that didn't happen now. That took place with us. Yeah. But the problem is, I've learned throughout uh, my studies and stuff that when another culture is still benefiting from the demise of my ancestors, that's when it's no longer permissible. Wow. In a place like uh, in Houston, we're blessed to have a lot of different uh Suburbs. One of them is called Sugarland. Mm-hmm. Sugarland is called Sugarland because they had a lot of sugar plantations in the area. One of the major companies that developed from this is called Imperial Sugar. Mm-hmm. Imperial Sugar used to take the slaves and then make the sugar there. Imperial Sugar is still in business. Yes. So that still means, on the shelves. Right. Uh, yeah. So that means the money that they made of my ancestors, his ancestors are still profiting from that money. So at some point, how can that be fair? It's not. It's not. It's not fair. So at some point, I need to call him on there and say, "Look, I'm, you maybe you're not gonna give me in this money, but the opportunities that exist here, you need to open your doors." Absolutely, because you wouldn't have them without our ancestors. Right. That is just information that I, I think that people really should want to know. Right. You know, I think for me, uh, I start wanting to know more about my my history. Because, yeah, my people came from Mississippi to Chicago. My my grandparents moved from Tupelo, Mississippi to Chicago. Mm-hmm. But what, I used to always say, what about before then? And nobody knows. Right. So that is, you know, that's the sad part about being an African-American. And when I talk to people um, from other countries, especially uh, the friends that I have that are from Israel, they really don't get it. Because they don't forget nothing about their people. Okay? Right. Um, and they will never let you forget. They will never let their children forget. They do little rituals all throughout the year 
to keep it in their mind what their what their ancestors suffered through. And I admire that and I wish that we would do that. Well you can. You can start doing that now, you know, with with we can start doing that now with with our children. Yeah, that's true. Um, my my daughter, um An old pastor of mine used to say, you can be born in a struggle or the struggle can be born in you. Mm. Meaning that uh, once it's in you, you're going to seek out that research and find out about those things. Right. So my daughter was very young when she first started asking about Harriet Tubman. And when she first started asking about uh, wow. uh, uh, Carter G. Woodson and and, uh, and, uh, and and different different people throughout history. So one of the first lessons that I know I taught her was about John Henry. Because they had the song to go with John Henry, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. with the hammer and stuff like that. But then that piqued her interest. And then since then, she's now learned, you know, me being proud of my culture does not infringe upon the fact of your culture. Right. You be proud of yours, I'll be proud of mine, and then we can coexist. I don't have to not exist just for you to exist. Right. And it took a long time, you know, just getting... Uh, people around her to understand mm. that. Because when she would stand up and quote uh, Maya Angelou, well, why she didn't know this? Because uh, Maya Angelou is one of the people that's in her past that reflects some of the things going on with her. Mm -hmm. Allow her to experience that. Sure. Learn other poems about other poets. But if you first learn self, right. then you're able to develop from that, then you're tying it into you know, your culture and you're becoming one with it. I'm very happy that you brought up uh, Israel and the, and the Israelis. Yes, they have rituals, they have holidays, they have all these things to remember the atrocities that took place mm -hmm. during the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Now, six million people were lost, you know, in Israel due to uh, Nazi invasion and and, and uh, geopolitics that were going on at that time. Okay, a hundred million Africans were lost from west coast of Africa through what we now call the the um, the transatlantic slave trade, a hundred million were lost. Wow. So much so that it's been rumored that the sharks used to follow the slave ship because they knew that they would either be thrown overboard or the ship would sink. Wow. Now, but if you ask my people, name one slave ship, then we get lost. Because we, we, we don't even have don't an know. idea of what was the name of some of the slave ships that, that brought us over. So I'll help you out. One of them was called the, the Harriet. That's one of them. That was relatively uh, late 1800s. But an early one was uh, one that we called Jesus. It was a slave ship that was actually called Jesus, which was one of the first ones. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Ironically, uh, it was strange because you get into some other historic events that were taking place as why they would do that you know, to, to ingrain that thought into the Africans that they were bringing over here. Wow. So, yeah, you, you have a lot of different things that go on that we just don't talk about. We don't know Simply about. because, yeah. you know, we try to pick up from where I was born in 1945, and I'm going to come up to now, and then the issue is, the issue started long before 1945. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Everything that makes you the person that you are started, started long, long before that. Wow. I mean, I, I knew this was going to be a good conversation, but <laughs> I thought we would have time to talk about more stuff. But we don't. But I just want to thank you for being here and for sharing your knowledge. We might have to do a whole show right. on our a takeover. Yes. <laughs> just let it lead over. Yes. <laughs> we might have to do a whole show, a whole weekend, because it really, it really is true. We do need to know where we come from to have a full understanding of who we are. Right. You know, a lot of things, the way we do things, the way we think, we may not even understand them until we learn our history. Right. I didn't. I didn't understand like the things that the way that I talk, the way that I act until I, I found out like uh, well, I took an active role in my history. My family is not like, you know, a lot of people we are. I know where my my grandparents, my great grandparents, I know all the way back from the when my ancestor came from England. Mm -hmm. And the other ancestor that came from Africa, mm -hmm. like I, I know all of that information. I don't know all their names, but I do know like some. Yeah. I know the history and all of that. But it does make a lot of sense. It helps you figure out your, you know, your sense of self. Where did I get this from? Why did, why do I act like this? Nobody else around me, right. you know, acts like this. 
and it yes. could be way back and you have no idea. No and then it, I feel like it helps us reconcile some of the things that have been put on us because everything about black people is not true. Right. And right. that's the whole reason why I wanted to do Stunner Radio because I want you to hear from the horse's mouth. Because people can tell you whatever, especially in foreign countries, when they meet black people, they feel like certain things they really think about black people. Right. And it's ridiculous. It's like, where did they get that from? And see, it's like, well, there's a, there's a, there were people who were living here that were black people that were here before Columbus got here. They're called the Melungians. And mm-hmm. they're, when they, slavery was actually brought here, is actually written laws saying, Black, we're talking about these people, not those black people, but they were black people already, and they're called Melungeons. Where were and they from? They were from Arizona, uh, uh, you know, Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, North Carolina, around that region. So they were Native Americans? Well, they had actually already come from Africa hundreds wow. of years before. I never So knew that. they were already here, and they're called Melungeons. And then uh, if you look it up online, they give you the list of the last names of all those people who can trace their roots back to them. And they're just as dark as, as, as you and I. Wow. But I'm very happy you're doing the research on your family. Because when we sort of look at, well, why men and women can't get along? Or why, specifically, why African-American men and women you know, view themselves so differently yeah. than, than other cultures? Why is it that we're teaching our women? to say you don't need a man and you raise the woman so that she grows up and she feels she'll never need a man for nothing outside of sex. And then now in this day, you don't need him for that. So there's a there's a history, there's a history that goes behind that that we don't understand how yes. it got to this point. And then what do we need to do to correct it so that we can have um, some type of uh, connection to our ancestry. And yes. until and until you study it then you just think uh, she just tripping or he just tripping right. or, or right. oh, you know, they ain't no good, they ain't no never, and we go along those lines. Right. And it's farthest from the truth because a lot of us are still deal- dealing with the traumatization of having gone through slavery. And even though it may not affect you, it's still in your DNA. Absolutely. To not, to not trust me. Because I'm a black man. Right. So when you pull over on the side of the road and something wrong with your car, and I pull up behind you, then your first thought is, I don't know what he's going to do to me. Right. Or, and then for me to even think, well, I'm going to go over here and mess with her, all those things need to be done away with. And that when we address our history, the relation between men and women can then be addressed. You know, because right now we're in a reactionary mode. Mm-hmm. And the reactionary mode is toward each other, mm-hmm. not toward the actual threat. Right. You know, we'll go, out, we'll go out by a firearm and say, you know, let that N-word break in my house. I'm going to do this, this, and this. Or let an N-word step on my shoes. This is what I'm going to do, this, this, and this. See, we're ready to do these things to each other, yeah. but not to anybody else out, outside of us. Right. Who created all this team. Right. 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 Yeah. Definitely. But I agree with you. If we don't, if we knew the depth of why this is, of course, we will see it as more of an urgency to fix it. Right. Because we, we, for me, gaining an understanding that it's beneficial to other people to keep us apart and to keep us at odds with each other, that makes me want to fix that quicker. Right. Because it, you know, they know that they can keep us at a certain level. As long as we keep fighting with each other and stay at odds with each other. And like you said, don't trust each other. Um, and then that's why you get all these. I mean, I'm not against people dating or marrying outside their race, but I do feel like that's how our culture is lost. Right. Because we don't. Basically, a lot of us are just Americans, like black people, just Americans. That's all we know is American culture. We don't know our own culture, and we have created our own culture being black Americans. Right. Right. But you notice that it's changing so much. You know, when you hear stories, I know we, we talk to our family and friends and you hear stories about some, something crazy and you say to yourself, there wasn't nobody black. Right. <laughs> and then you find right. out, what? That was a black right. person. you be like, what has happened to us? The horror. It's some, some things that in black culture we just didn't do. Right. And now it's I feel like it's just changing. We're just becoming so westernized, you know, just like regular Americans. Nothing against that culture, but it's not ours. Right. And I feel like we have to 
come together. And I don't think we will ever be able to do it without that that um, healing between the man and the woman, the black mm -hmm. man and the black woman. We have to be able to do that to keep our culture alive. I really believe that. And I, I agree, definitely agree. It's just that um, some of it, uh, a lot of it is an effort that some people are not willing to do. You know, a lot of it is a is being complacent with the thing, the way that things are and not wanting to take the extra step to fix it. Yeah. And our society is uh, an enabling society, yes. a crippling society, and a microwave society that they would prefer to not go forward and fix it rather than let's let's put in the effort because if we all put in the effort all of this would be non-existent right of course but then you know it wouldn't be beneficial to the powers that be it's just like captain green said it's beneficial for for them to keep us at odds right now yes yeah. the moment it is no longer beneficial it's gonna stop it's gonna be a problem right but it's they're, beneficial they're right money. now be some smoke in the city yes <laughs> Well, you guys, I know that I was supposed to do the top five wins and fails of the week, but I did not get a chance to do that because we have just been enjoying this conversation so much. We got to have you come back. Yes. We got to have you come back. We're going to talk about. I don't know what to talk about. I want to talk about wins. Yeah, that was definitely a win. I want to talk about the the situations, the dynamic between the African American men and women. I just want to talk about all that. So, and you know, another thing I wanted to talk to you about is this this whole new thing of people of color and how that really is not good for us. Well, <laughs> so we're talking about that. Apply to us. That applies to other people too. But that's the reason yeah. why it doesn't yeah. help us because when they start giving out grants for people of color, who getting kicked out in pot first? Us. Right. So it's like, right. wait a minute, you know. So anyway, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. But I want to thank you so much for being our guest on mm -hmm. the show today. I mean, we could talk for hours. Yes, because I learned you, a lot. Yeah, I told you. You're such a wealth of knowledge. And the crazy thing is, I just learned all this from maybe one conversation. Right. And he's just a wealth of knowledge. And they so. want to take this out of the school. You know, and, and one thing about it, we have to uplift and uphold people that we know are like this and have this knowledge. So thank you so much for sharing yes, your time with us today. Thank I do not take it lightly. I don't take it for granted. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. If you are watching the replay, please hit the comments and let us know you're watching the replay. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our website at stunnerradio.com. And I want to say hello to all our new listeners in Germany. How y'all doing? I'm going to learn a little few little two, three phrases for y'all <laughs> eventually. But anyway, that's it for today. And we'll see you next week.